Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, yes, you can flip that there. We talk about sexual health with Dr. Maria Uloco, urologist and comprehensive sexual health surgeon specializing in reconstruction and prosthetics. Plus, Biz is a slob. Woo! Guys, this isn't a check-in. This is just me appreciating another mom that I just saw driving home from picking up my sweet, sweet kid from daycare. And on the side of the street, saw a van parked with the back open. As mom changing her baby's diaper right on the back of the van yeah. floor. Yeah. That woman is doing a remarkable job, <laughs> and I hope she knows it. You guys are doing a good job, too. Thanks for the podcast. I hope she knows it, too. Additionally, good job spotting a mom in the wild doing a good job. This Somebody once asked, Biz, is it when is it a good time or is there an awkward time to tell somebody they're doing a good job now I have for a long time been a believer in there is no wrong time to tell someone they're doing a good job but as I walk through life I have found maybe there are some times in which the intent is good but it can get lost on people who are really focused on something else. For example, side of the road, changing a baby's diaper in on the floor of a van. I might yell, you are doing a good job, right? But if you are on the side of the road changing a baby in the van, all you might hear is, and your mind might tell you something different, that it's not a nice thing. There was, I was in Carline the other day, and the school's car line is opposite a tire place. And there was a mom pulling in with the car. She had a newborn, I mean, that kid couldn't have been more than a couple of months old, Max, who was, oh, such a reminder of my own child, screaming the entire time. Screaming, and she's trying to like talk to the tire guys, and everybody's like, it's screaming, and I can hear it all the way across at Carline, and she finally just sits down, and I, <laughs> so I'm, I'm making eye contact with her, and I'm trying to let her know, like, thumbs up, you got this, but I, I have no idea how that came across, because I've been there, and I, at those times in my life, were so, were so haggard and broken, that again, I would just think somebody was mocking me or actually giving me the finger or making me feel bad that, you know, my baby was screaming, how dare my baby, how dare my baby do that? Anyway, but I tried a number of times to give this woman a thumbs up and I, it began to feel weird, just a little weird. So I don't know, but that's okay. We can always find a way to like, mentally high five each other and you know when the time is correct just don't forget to share with others what a good job they're doing speaking of taking a moment to say what a good job people are doing it's time for thank yous
at my school, it's Teacher Appreciation Day. So I'm going to lead with that. Oh, my God. I appreciate you, teachers and faculty and administration. I mean, anybody who, like, basically works at our school, everybody there <laughs> is doing such a good job. In fact, all teachers, all people who work in schools, you are doing a great job. We are almost halfway through this year. You are doing amazing. Everybody's probably still a little nuts because it's the first year back after a major pandemic, which by the way is not over. So still affecting all of us in different ways on any given day. But I see you. Thank you for showing up. <laughs> Again, pandemic still happening. So thank you to everyone in the medical field for all that you do to, I don't know, help us get through this. You're doing a great job. You know what rhymes with job? Slob. So Stefan <laughs> is still out of town as of this recording. He has been gone for two weeks. And what my children have discovered, because I am not, I'm not the same person I was when they were very little. And for some reason, I felt like impulsive need to clean all the time. I've let that go. <laughs> Except when Stefan's here, because I just want to impress Stefan. I'm a slob. That's what my children have discovered. Like Raiden went in to use the shower, which is technically in my bathroom. And he was like, what am I supposed to do with all these clothes? Because <laughs> like <laughs> the floor of the bathroom is covered with uh, my dirty clothes. And the counters are covered with just anything I've used in the last two weeks. The trail of clothing just continues all the way in and surrounds the bed. Sometimes it's on the bed. Do I have a laundry basket? Yeah, I do. It's very easy to access. It's very easy to access. But for some reason, I am more inclined to drop it on the floor than pick it up. And that's seeping out in all sorts of places. So surprise, kids. <laughs> you don't get the cleaning bug from me. Anyway, oh, you know what? Actually, I, what I'll say is I believe that in retrospect, that cleaning compulsion came from a need to like fill a space within me, a control space. Like I definitely felt like I had control over something when I cleaned. It made me feel good. It was something that was beneficial. But this means I have found other things that are beneficial to me. <laughs> So I think that is a celebration. Speaking of celebrations, it's a weird segue. I'm not even sure how to segue into this, except I am so excited that we have this guest on today, and I'm going to be asking all the awkward questions. I can't wait. We are going to be talking to Dr. Maria Uloko, who is a trained urologist and comprehensive sexual health surgeon specializing in reconstruction and prosthetics. Yeah! Woo! Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are talking to Maria Uloko who is a fellowship-trained urologist and comprehensive sexual health surgeon specializing in reconstruction and prosthetics. 
providing care for all genders from all over the spectrum. She seeks to close gaps in disparities of care and implement systems that promote diversity and inclusivity, not only in the realm of sexual health, but also in education and STEM. She is the host and creator of Battle Cry, a podcast that tells the stories of leaders in STEM with the mission to provide relatable exposure to those who have not historically been represented in these spaces. Welcome, wow, welcome, and thank you right off the bat, Dr. Uloko. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Well, thank you for everything that you're doing. Wow, (laughs) we could talk all day. Uh, But before we get into all the things that you're doing, I would like to ask who lives in your house? Who lives in my house? So in my house currently (laughs) is me, myself, and I. I love it. And Beyonce constantly playing in the background. Beyonce is a good companion for (laughs) all of us. That still sounds like a lot of people in your house. (laughs) It is. It's a lot of personality. A lot of personality. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I want to start with your sexual health work. Okay. One of the things that I know is your goal is to really help create an inclusive approach to stigmatize subjects. So here we go. Are you ready for my first question of, oh, I'm ready. FYI, I was raised Southern and Catholic, so everything is embarrassing (laughs) to me. Everything is a stigmatized subject. So I've worked really hard to get past it, but you know, let's, let's get into it. Can you give me examples of what stigmatized subjects might be? Oh, yes. I will give you the background of I was raised Nigerian and um, deeply, deeply religious. And so sex, sexuality, all of that is very taboo. And knowing who I am as uh, just kind of a kid, I was always like, oh, wait, what's this thing I'm not supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And in my rebellion, I say, yeah, but still being a good good Nigerian daughter. I just became a sex surgeon. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I love it. so that is my background and that is my preference. I so, love I, that background. And by the way, we could really like go off track in talking about how you got from there to here. I love it. It is quite a journey. But yeah. um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, I think anything that that has to do with sex is just quote unquote taboo, even though we all know sex sells, we all are doing it, we're all thinking about it, and yet we can't <laughs> talk about it, which is the most insane thing to me. Um, I just, so, so to answer the question yeah. of what is stigmatized as everything underneath the sun um, in, in sex, if we're talking about heteronormative sex, if we're talking about um, homosexual sex, if we're talking about just sex in general is stigmatized, all of it. Um, and I think that stigmatization has really not served many people well. Uh, <laughs> nope. What? And, yeah, Do you mean yeah, keeping it's... everything super secret and a little shame-based isn't good for us? I don't understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shame, okay. shame is a big, big, big driver for a lot of the people I see. And so, you know, I, I'm a strong believer that sexual health is health and it is you know, the constant conversation of, well, I didn't know, or it took me years before I felt the courage to come in and, and see you. So I, I understand every single patient that I interact with, or that comes to my office, like, 
I understand how hard it was to get here. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> that's, nice. that's really nice because I bet yeah. it, it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. incredibly generous. I mean, that just goes right into it's hard to get in to see someone like you because I think for so many of us, you don't know anything's wrong or you don't know something could be better or you don't know, right? Like I got to lean a little in on the ladies and a lot of like misinformation and assumptions mm -hmm. of what's supposed to be really great <laughs> or not. Yes. And what do you find to be, and this may be a question you can't really answer because it's a little of everything, but what do you find to be the questions that people come in with like the most or yeah. So the question that people come in the most with is, Oh, wait, it's not supposed to be like that. <laughs> like that is, that is the question people come in the most with. It's, it's just, it really is like, I, I'm a, I love teaching. Um, and I think one of the reasons why I love this field is that I'm constantly teaching people about their bodies. Yeah. I'm teaching them about, you know, what, what happens during erection and people with vulvas. I'm literally teaching them this is your vulva. <laughs> this is, this is anatomy. Yeah, My exactly. <laughs> I, I make Where every, is that? <laughs> exactly. I make every single patient either take a mirror or we <gasps> have a vulva scope where you can actually see yourself on TV. And we're going to go through anatomy. We're going to learn, oh you know, where this is the clitoris. This is the labia, minora, majora. Like, this is the whole vulva. This is really what the vagina is. This is your vestibule. And it really empowers patients just to learn what is happening to them and what they're experiencing and feeling. I, I am passing out like a 12-year-old. I'm just like, oh, Jesus, what? As well as the fact that you've listed parts of my anatomy that I honestly could not tell you where they are, like certain places on a map. You know, like, I don't know. It's somewhere in that area. I know that, like, you know, Australia's here, but that, I don't know much more about it, right? I just know that everything goes backwards sometimes. <laughs> All right. So I almost want to go back a little bit and say, ask for you to kind of help define sexual health. Because when I think sexual health, the first thoughts that come to my mind really are, like, safety, right? Like sexually transmitted diseases. And I don't think that's what we're talking about here, right? Like, or, you know, family planning, right? Like, mm -hmm. but that's not really what we're talking about here, correct? Yeah, yeah. So what are we talking about? Yes, that's a fantastic <laughs> question. Um, so I, when I talk about sexual health, those are very, those two things are very, very important in terms of sexual health. But what I really try to do is I try to differentiate between those things, because when we, especially when we think about people with uteri and vulvas and vaginas, and we think of them as kind of birthing people and like just birth happens to them. Yeah. It's like, you know, in order to get to birth, something has to happen first <laughs> to get there typically. Yeah, sure. And that is kind of how traditional medicine has always looked at sex and sexuality is that it is just a means for reproduction or a means for disease. And, and so, in particular, can I just throw in there, and you can tell me if I'm just l labeling something on my own. It's really more about reproduction in terms of how the medical fields have viewed it for women. Yes. Because I feel like for, 
for me, every sex education, every anything regarding sex has is always baby, 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 baby. Exactly. Baby. But I don't think that's the same speech that my, you know, husband got. So Exactly. I just want to make sure that I want to make sure that I'm right. <laughs> yes. No, you are a hundred percent right. There is a definitely a disparity in and a definitely difference in conversations regarding sex yeah. when you when you look at, you know, the if we are looking at gender as a binary, uh, there's a total difference in what that doesn't it's a, such a disconnect. And, and I think one of the really interesting things about how I came to find that is that I started, I, I am a urologist, and so I dealt with, quote unquote, men's health, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, all of those things. And then my fellowship, I wanted to further learn about, you know, sex and sexuality and sexual health and, and prosthetics and reconstruction. And that was my first time being exposed to the field of vulvar female sexual health and realizing, because you know, as a urologist, I just always assumed that the gynecologists were taking care of these things. Oh, no, uh, not always. No, no, I had no idea. <laughs> totally not. Unless they, it's kind of a niche. It's a niche it, oh. if you care about it. Even though it's all the same structures, all the same organs, but they look at it from a birthing or, and mm -hmm. they do very important work in terms yes. of birthing and cancer, but not necessarily a big quality of life like sex and sexuality. So a lot of the things from the vulvar standpoint is pain. I deal with a lot of pain, orgasm, desire, libido, arousal, um, and then a lot of menopause management. And there's a big overlap in all of these things within the gynecology world and within the urology world that, and I think it's too, it's so, it's such a nuanced field and such a complex field that it needs its own specialty um, to take care of all of this. And so there's very few and far between. I think there's about seven to 10 of us in the country, but we're, we're well, making, that's we're a making shame. waves. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a real shame. <laughs> Just a, another resource for women dwindling in our country or yes. hopefully growing in our country. But yeah, here's, yeah. Okay. So where do people like start? Because, you know, in pursuing a better quality of life of sexual health, right? Like it's for women, we've just said it's very niche. I don't know if that's true for men. And no. I, I have to assume <laughs> she's like, no. Uh, <laughs> and I have to assume that uh, for those that are transgender or, you know, anywhere within the LGBTQ community that, that it's even more limited so mm -hmm. can you talk to me about like where do people start yeah that's a fantastic question and that is why i say i want to destigmatize it because it starts with talking to people it starts yeah. with talking to your friends it starts with you know not being ashamed of saying you know this doesn't feel right or i'm having this issue and actually having these conversations because then once you have these conversations, you start noticing that, you know, more and more people are having it. Once you notice more and more people are having it, it takes away that shame piece because there is a big shame piece that prevents people from seeking care. And so once you realize that something is abnormal and you feel empowered to do something about it, that's, that's where people start. <laughs> it's just talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, but my podiatrist is not going to help me 
if I start now, I don't have a podiatrist, everybody, but it's just a good, it's a, ah, it's a joke. Anyway, so like, do you, do you start with your gynecologist? Do you start with your primary care? Do you go on the internet and <laughs> no, but start looking specifically for somebody who deals with sexual health, right? Like, you know, how does one even start? Yeah. And so, yes, that's a fantastic question. And to walk back on my statement earlier, there are about seven to 10 comprehensive sexual health. Okay. So these are um, urologists that have been trained in both male, female, and every kind of everything in between those two binaries. Um, But there are gynecologists, there are urologists that, and there are primary care providers where people can start at. And there are, and there are some amazing people in this, in these three respective fields that have made sex and sexuality and sexual health a pinnacle of their career, but they're too far and few in between, you know, and that is why, you know, not only from a patient standpoint of talking to other people, but also talking to your providers and kind of, you know, saying like, no, this is important to me. Like I'm no longer willing to accept that it should hurt when I have pain every time. Like either you find someone or I'm going to find someone myself. But, you know, it, half the time my patients teach me so much. And I think I try to tell them to, you know, demand or, you know, advocate for yourself, yeah. advocate that this isn't normal. But that's um, hard. That's yeah, hard. It is. It's hard to advocate for yourself. Not that, I mean, it's in the long list of, duh, we should be doing this, but it's still very hard. Advocating for yourself is hard. And again, I mean, and it's not just shame. It's this notion that it must be me. Like Mm -hmm. we have had guests on the show and have talked often on the show about pelvic floor issues. Actually, it's not really the pelvic floor. It's really a different part. I'm trying to learn. But like, especially for women after childbirth, Mm -hmm. they A, didn't know that they could go in and ask for like we treat women's bodies a lot of times like after after events like childbirth like well all done and whatever your body does is what it's supposed to do also can you start doing stuff right away oh did you have a accident at like running a marathon oh we're gonna you need some physical therapy you need some time off you need oh you had a baby okay great Shh, we don't want to know The statement that keeps coming up the most is, I just thought it was normal that I peed when I sneeze. And, you know, my grandmother did, my mom did, we all did. It's just when I went to somebody, they said, who doesn't? That's normal. And then (laughs) you learn that in a lot of cases, you can fix that. And like, so, I don't know. I think I was just ranting. So... (laughs) Don't worry, I have the same rant. I'm constantly I'm sure. talking about this. I'm sure. I'm terrible on first dates. I'm charming on first I'm dates. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that in there as me ranting. You're welcome, everybody. But now I'm going to go to a different question. I'm sure it's all going to circle back like a train. It's all <laughs> going to come back to the station. I want to ask you about reconstruction and prosthetics. I guess that kind of ties in because mm-hmm. I would imagine there is some reconstruction involved in this. I, wow, I don't know what any of that, like, you got to talk me through this. The, I mean, reconstruction, I understand. Prosthetics, you know, again, here comes 12-year-old on the playground biz, you know, lots of old songs and chants (laughs) that involved 
I guess prosthetics is would be the polite word. I don't know. So like, talk to me about what what that part of your work involves. Yes. So this is one of my uh, one of my favorite parts of my job um, Ooh, is <laughs> is prosthetic surgery. So for people with penises that have you know fairly end stage erectile dysfunction, meaning that they no longer respond to medications or injections or other devices, there is the option of a penile prosthetic. Someone used the one of my patients used like this is like a bionic dick, and it's yeah. like. <laughs> I was like, hooray! <laughs> in in theory, yes, yes, yes sure, yeah, sure. let's use that. But <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a fantastic option for that many people don't know about. And, I know um, who would know about yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. Where so would you like, even find out? It's not like it's inside my better homes and gardens. Exactly. You know, they only are pushing for depression, which is good. I'm just saying, robotic <laughs> penis or sexual health, not really up there. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so how this procedure is done, it's essentially a closed system hydraulic almost, where it's two silicone rods that are placed inside the penis. There's a pump that sits in the scrotum and then a reservoir that sits in the peribladder or within the abdomen. And this reservoir is filled with saline or fluid. And then you pump the, the pump in the scrotum And that pump then sends the fluid from the reservoir into the silicone rods, creating an erection. This, and this gives you a really firm, hard erection, doesn't change your ejaculation, doesn't change your um, sensation piece. It just gives you Okay, so you still feel it and you still eject, like everything's normal. Mm -hmm. It's just the, you know, tower is- Exactly. Is- Is erect. Is erect. That's right. Exactly. That's crazy. And I just, you know, let, let's have some popcorn and shit chat at the <laughs> middle of the night. So the fact that the pump is located in the scrotum, is mm-hmm. that like, I mean, that can become part of the, the play, right? It's not like you're like, hold on, Ooh. pump, 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 pump. <laughs> you know, you don't accidentally set it off when you sit down like on a whoopee cushion, right? But like, it's not a giant pump. It's like a little pump, right? Like it's, yeah. yeah. So exactly. it just a little... A friend can help. A I friend assume. can help. Yes, okay. yes. So, okay. e- friend, depending on the person, they either will have they will incorporate their partner. Yeah. Or you know you can either pump you can even pump it discreetly so that you know if you're not willing to let you don't want know. someone to know right you can you can do it discreetly so. Okay. It's a great option. I have a lot of questions. About this. <laughs> but we are not. This is not the bionic penis show though i am just like does the saline recycle is it like you know does is that is that what happens with the saline does it recycle what does it just fill back up yeah yeah so this is the closed loop system yeah so the reservoir has the saline in it when you need the erection you pump the pump takes the saline into the cylinders and then there's a deflate button on the on the pump and then when you're done you hit the deflate button and then it sends the fluid back into the reservoir. I love you and I love this. And because I am who I am, I have sound effects happening in my head. I have like, <laughs> you know, like I don't, <laughs> because I can't ever, uh, I could never be a person who's supposed to help people with this because I would get tickled anyway. But that is, that's fine. I host a podcast instead. So now what does that look like for 
uh, women. What is what do what do women get? Yeah. So in terms of the prosthetics, there's nothing in terms of the prosthetics. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. that's the biggest yeah. vulva in the world. Yeah, that's well, because for most people there. So fun fact, the clitoris and the penis are the exact same structure. The penis is just what? a longer version of the clitoris and vice versa. What? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, cool. The exact same structure. So if oh you were to God. actually look at anatomy, if you were actually like to, to dissect the clitoris out and dissect the penis out, they're exactly the same. And actually the clitoris is longer in those people, but most of, more of it is internal. Yeah. And the only part that you can truly see is the, the prepuce or the foreskin and the head. Oh my gosh. Did you see that New York Times article like a while recently? It was like about medical terms needing some medical terms needing to be changed. For example, vulva, like the Latin or the Greek, I cannot remember. I have it somewhere. <laughs> it like translates to shame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like all of the, and that when they were doing, you know, historically when men were <laughs> writing information about women's bodies and health and were like, no, thanks. We're just going to make a guess at it because we don't want to see yeah. it. They did have the diagram. They were like, yes, women have penises, but theirs are just wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yes. That article, I was just like, oh, I wonder where that plays into someone like you and your work. Like, you know, yeah. does because language is so important now, even more important, which I think actually leads to where I kind of want to go, which is I am so appreciative that one of your goals is providing care for all genders and we are so lucky to be living in a time where there is so much more language surrounding how we identify ourselves and how we, you know, yeah, just that. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I was wondering, is that where your work also leads? When people come in who are transgender, what are the services they can seek when they're searching for sexual health? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a fantastic question. And there are there are designated transgender surgeons. Sure. Yeah. One of my favorite is Dr. Blair Peters, who is over at OHSU. And so they're definitely designated transgender surgeons. And so those those are people that are going to, you know, help affirm and confirm whatever um, help what matches inside match outside. So, yeah. so that is that in that field is progressing and it's, it's so innovative and it's so amazing that people that have suffered for centuries really are finally able to get the care that they need. The paucity in where I come in is that once you have the functioning anatomy that correlates with who you are, there is not much research and there's not much data on how to actually make it functional and pleasurable and that's where there's so much innovation and change in the system and in the field and this is where I come in and, and, and uh, sexual health providers come in in terms of optimizing this, the quality of life from a sexual standpoint whether it's it's medications whether it's you know hormones and all of those things that is what that is what I do and that is how I aid in the fight for equality. Can you give me an, like, do you have a favorite example of like, I love that this is something I get to help with. And like, oh. you know, for people with 
female reproductive parts, they're, you know, you said, oh, we get a mirror out, we talk about it, you know, we all that stuff. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so for, for this group, is there like, oh, this is coming or they've got this, you didn't know about it, but it's great. So I will always preface everything I say is that sex, sexuality, sexual health is a team work. And I, I grew up playing sports all of my life. That's how I approach everything. And so I think that's also why I love this field is that it is very much a team sport. So physical therapist, my favorite pelvic floor physical therapist, Bethany Peterson, my best friend since I was 11. It's, turns out we both amazing. went into sexual health. I know. That's I know. amazing. There's sex therapists, there's sexological body work. That's a huge thing. It, it, yes. What is that? What is that? So the, these are, these are <laughs> amazing people that have, have a degree in the actual practice of sex and getting people comfortable with whatever they need to in order to do well and engage in sex. And the actual sex practice of sex is actually illegal in, I think, yeah. 48 out of the 50 states. But the work that they do is, you know, I, 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 like I said, I'm a, I'm a surgeon and I use the analogy of, you know, if an orthopedic surgeon will repair your ACL, but you're not going to have the orthopedic surgeon teach you how to shoot free throws. See, this is what I'm <laughs> talking about. That's right. That's right. We get physical therapy to yeah. injuries. Right. Yeah, yeah. And recovery. Yeah. And that's where sexological body work comes in play. Uh, like these are people and sex therapists and physical therapists. Like these are people like I can optimize you from a biology standpoint. But yeah. Then you now need to figure out how to how to work and how to do the thing. Oh, my God. We live in a world in which all of that is like completely surprise. Hey, here's something you guys already all know. We are living in a world in which those things exist. But. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it myself of being like, oh, I shouldn't do that. That's dirty. Or yeah. or yeah. that's like a weird, like, retreat, you know, like sex yeah. cult. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, I just, we've just been inundated for so long that it just makes it really easy. Just got to watch like one CSI episode to like immediately have some preloaded ideas about what these things are and what yeah. they mean so there's that that's a shame <laughs> there's that's a shame I'm like I'm, I'm literally sitting here wrestling with my own you know thoughts on this yeah. and a little pissed that I haven't been taking action on a lot of them I'm like what I should yeah. I, gotta, I gotta do that so okay we could obviously have talked about this forever and we're not even we're gonna have Gabe we need to have Dr. Uloko back uh, because we didn't even get into the STEM work, right? Because I think that's like a whole oh, separate discussion that is also amazing. And uh, we could also probably talk about this forever. I probably, oh. we could probably say, you got any questions? And then pfft, I, we would just be inundated. So we're going to wrap up and I'm going to say thank you for what you do because it's, it is embarrassing that I'm like, I could really probably have gone in and seen somebody about a number of things, right? Like, and they don't have to be medical. They don't, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I, so I just, I really appreciate the work you're doing. I appreciate that inclusivity is part of that work. And I really hope you will provide us with all the links of all the people and all the different types of like resources that are out there for us so that we can link those up for people to start to learn more on their on their own and, and get to know 
the types of questions they can be asking. So yes, yeah. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh! No, thank you for having me. Um, and I would be remiss to not thank my mentor and someone that was big in the field, Dr. Erwin Goldstein, who is the Viagra guy. So he was oh. the <laughs> Viagra person. Um, wow. And he wrote all of the papers on Viagra. And when he started getting correspondences, he assumed it was would be from, you know, men and people yeah. with penises, like congratulating him, high-fiving him. But it was actually the, the spouses of these people yeah. being like, you have ruined my life. <laughs> you- oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> Yeah, well, you always do wonder about that because, like, you yeah. see the commercial and you're like, "Great, so yeah. there's some partner who has got to like, yay!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's his first foray into realizing that you know, vulvar sexual health and women's sexual health just has not been there wasn't really a good good platform tour for it. So he, you know, got he trailblazed. He's he's making urologists buy into this idea and so and all of the fellows he's trained afterwards they've come before me in this field and they've been amazing vocal advocates and I just get to join their voices and continue to to shape this field because it's oh my god yeah this field that is so clearly important and should have been always I mean, yes. like, again, man. oh, surprise. I, sorry. And I know this is for everybody. I'm like, surprise. Women have needs and feelings. <laughs> oh, and yes. The like, orgasm gap. Just, Let's not even yeah, go oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? Okay, if this is why we have to have her back on. Maybe, like, with a glass of wine. Ooh, yes. Okay. Thank you again so much. We're going to make sure we link everybody up to where they can find out more about you as well. I'm like, is there a like a book, like a history book on this yet? <laughs> I'm like, this is the kind of thing I would read. Anyway. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Dipsy. It's time to seek out pleasure in every area of your life, from how you start your mornings to how you wind down at night and everything in between. You deserve to enjoy it all. Did you hear that? You deserve it. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories. I have spoken about them before, and I'm continuing to speak about them because I love this app. They are just the right length, You can select and choose what you like. Sometimes you might discover things you didn't know that you liked. And it's all for you. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash badmother. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash badmother. Dipsystories.com slash Bad Mother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Made In. If quality and craftsmanship is important to you, you should check out Made In. Made In is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and wine glasses. And I would like to add to that list knives, because that is what I got. 
big old chef knife just for me. Right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code BADMOTHER. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. Go to madeincookware.com slash badmother and use promo code BADMOTHER for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash badmother. Use promo code BADMOTHER. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Genius me. Me? Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. I will. All right. I'm actually really excited about this genius. We have monogrammed stockings. You know, I grew up with monogrammed stockings in the house. I think ours all had, like, initials. But within... My immediate, like, Stefan, Raiden, Ellis, me, we have stockings that have our full names on it. And I had the really good idea to get Raiden a new stocking because this will be the Raiden Christmas. And I just was like, oh my God, we're going to open the bins and we're going to pull out Katie Bill, <laughs> which is a darling stocking and was always filled with love and oranges. But I'm going to surprise them this year with a new stocking that says Raiden. Anyway, I'm very pleased with myself for remembering to do it. It was like right before bed. I was like, oh, I should do that. That's a good idea. Oh, yes. Hi, I'm calling with I think a genius or maybe I'm just insane. But we are working on routines <laughs> and I don't like routines. Personally, I don't want to schedule and I don't like it, but it's really helping the three-year-old. And so I have started creating these alarms that kind of keep us on track, especially in the evening after work. And we included our three-year-old in picking which ringtones would mean like clean up the living room and get in the bath and get out of the bath and all those things. And I just decided to add some more because it's working so freaking well. And I just created my own ringtone where I recorded myself <laughs> being two different characters. One, being Darth Vader telling him to pick up his books in his bedroom. And two, being Yoki the cat telling him to pick up any trash around the house. And you know what? I think gonna love it and he's loved it so far and for some reason the phone telling him to like do things is really fun for him and <laughs> maybe now he'll like pick up his books i don't know but i'm feeling i'm feeling actually mostly crazy because i'm recording myself being a cat but i'm also <laughs> feeling like a genius and i feel like i'm doing a good job because you know i'm trying and that's a count right you guys are doing a great job too <laughs> thanks for the hotline you are doing a good job. I love this. We have said often on this show, let's use technology for us in and in creative ways. I don't mean just like getting through dinner at a restaurant. Let's use it in a way that gives us like a, a different type of relief. And you're right. 
children respond to technology better than they do their parents. <laughs> I think you're a genius. You're doing a great job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Fail me. Me. Okay. I can point my finger at myself. I can admit to failures. It has been a week of me putting things in the places that they don't belong. So what does that mean, Biz? Well, it means that there's a bag of crackers that Ellis really likes. It looks a little like cat treat bags. And when Ellis was trying to find them, I was like, I don't know where they are. And then I found them with the cat food where I keep the cat treats because I just, that was the shape that goes there. Milk in the pantry, ice cream in the fridge. That is a real shame. I have taken some dishes <laughs> that are supposed to go in the dishwasher and just started heading towards my bedroom. Now that doesn't even make like any sense. So basically, you know, just feeling alive, guys. Feeling on top of it. You understand. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a fail. I am pumping, lactating and, and pumping at work, and I got to work this morning, and I had so carefully packed my bag the night before with all of my pump parts, I thought, and I got to work, and I pulled out the bag of pump parts, and I was missing the flange, you know, the parts that actually get God. milk from your boob into the bottle. So um, I I couldn't pump today. So I don't live close to work. There was no just running home and getting the pieces I had forgotten. So I guess kind of a genius. I just hand <laughs> expressed into oh. a bottle. I I milked myself. It was it was so funny and, until like you know six hours into the workday when I just said screw it and left early. So now my child is happily hanging out in her car seat because we walked in the door and I'm pumping. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hmm. But thanks for the show. Thanks for the hotline. You are doing a really good job. Okay. Funny starts with F, as does the word fail. And I think that's a nice twist you're putting on this fail by calling it funny. But I don't believe you because they ain't nothing funny about being engorged with milk in a public space where you are trying to work and it feels like your like breast you're going to rip open right like like the alien in like alien right <laughs> and then milk just sprays everywhere or you know you just aren't even aware that you're leaking and it's just like this weird it's a weird like you might as well take a bucket of water and pour that on yourself like oh I can't believe I spilled all that on me to cover up what can happen? And hand expressing while a tried and true way of getting milk out of your body is not easy. <laughs> because they invented pumps. No one's got like a lot of experience squeezing that stuff out by hand. I've had to do that several times. And it was not my thing. And so I just want you to know that we see you trying really hard, but still forgetting things. <laughs> that would make your life easier. Stop trying to make your life easier. That is your lesson. 
know me from TV, but I really want to be a DJ. It took some convincing, but KCRW finally agreed to give me an hour on the radio to play you some music with my friends. <laughs> anyway, tune in for one hour of the bestest, most funnest time you'll ever have on the Pee Wee Herman Radio Hour. I am personally inviting you to tune your transistor radio in to hear me or Go to KCRW.com. Duh. <laughs> It'll be available for the whole week from November 26th to December 3rd. So you can listen to it again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> the Pee Wee Herman Radio Hour was produced by Maximum Fun and can be streamed on KCRW.com until December 3rd. One, two, one, two, three, five. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors and... Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday, right here on MaximumFun.org, as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. All right, everybody, let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, Biz. Thanks for saying I'm doing a great job. I think this is a breakdown. I don't know. I don't know. I'm too tired to even feel whatever it is I'm supposed to be feeling at this point. But I just need to say all of this to the ether because I feel like I can't say it to anyone else because I'm burdening them or it's too much. And uh, also, I just I can't can't fucking hold it anymore. So so uh, I'm a teacher and uh, I'm tired. <laughs> and my husband just went back on to night shift work, and he just finished five nights in a row. And we haven't had to do that in our family in a really long time, mm. and I forgot that it sucks. That really, really, really sucks. And the first day that he's off isn't really better because he still has to sleep. So there's that. And uh, he's a twin, and his sister starts chemo tomorrow. And uh, she's how I got through it before when he did shift work because she uh, is not partnered and she does not have kids and she has been an essential extra caretaker and I don't fucking have that and I can't I can't be mad about that and also now I'm trying to be a caretaker for her and I'm worried and I'm scared and I am tired and my kids can't be vaccinated not yet and I'm waiting 
and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. We were supposed to be at Disney World this week, <laughs> and we've had to cancel it twice. Oh. I just, I just needed to say all that all together because nobody wants to hear it. Everybody's got their own shit, and I'm tired. I just want something good. So, um, I don't know. Maybe this is fucking genius. I don't know, because I'm in the parking lot picking up takeout because I was too fucking tired to make dinner. I don't know. (laughs) Thanks for having this hotline, because sometimes you need to feel like you have somebody listening, and just knowing that somebody's going to hear this makes it feel better and real and valid. And so, thanks, guys. First of all, you're doing a really good job. And everything that you shared is valid. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure where I want to start with this outside of what a great job you're doing. Uh, Yeah, I, I am living through the, suddenly my partner is traveling again for the first time in a really long time. And you know, even though it's different, it's still not different. And I see you stepping up to help take care of his sister. And you're amazing because you're being mindful of where your partner is in all of this, given his relationship to his sister. And, you know, that doesn't mean, though, that you're not allowed to be like, fuck, I could have really use some help like I of course you could use the help of course no no one's timing their cancer around screwing you okay we all know that right but it doesn't mean you don't need the space to say "Uh, but I could have really used that help no one is going to come and yell at you for having those feelings and having those feelings does not take away from how you feel for your sister-in-law and how how you're going to do all the things that you're going to do to help her. And, you know, I, this is kind of where I want to go. This notion of, no, I don't want it to be a burden. Like sharing, sharing what's going on is a burden. We, I, I hear this all the time because I'm listening to the hotline. And I don't find your calls a burden. Uh, So I wonder if this is just like another weird narrative that we've been fed in the lines of having to be able to do it all. This notion that we're supposed to be able to cram it all down and deal with it emotionally. Or that somebody's, I understand that fear of saying, I just want something nice, even though we all know everybody around us is wanting the same thing and struggling it we shouldn't be villainized for feeling that way we need to understand better that we get to feel both ways the generous and the selfish those are both places we can be and one does not negate the other and and so much of this is how we become better listeners to others which can be really hard I just think you're doing a remarkable job. And I think you've used this hotline exactly like you should. And I hope that you 
will, you know, find some space to unburden yourself on some others. Because I think I think we might all be really surprised that they actually will be able to handle it and hold it for us. You're doing a good job. You're coming into a lot of work, both physically and emotionally. It's going to be a lot. And you do deserve something nice. And I see you. And you are remarkable. Wowie wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, here's what I think maybe the takeaway is. You are important. You are important. Your needs are important. Your body is important. How you feel is important. We talk about self-care on this show. And yet we're all probably, you know, dealing with something that we think is supposed to be normal or that we don't deserve to have be improved. And whether that is lifelong (laughs) or whether that is a result of having a baby or whether it is the result of a trauma, we deserve to feel pleasure. And as a rape survivor, I I know, I know that there's so many things tied up and very complicated and very confusing when it comes to pleasure and how our society views people when they ask and they seek pleasure. So I just, I'm so thankful for Dr. Loco for coming on and just getting the conversation started about this. And whether it is your sexual pleasure or just helping your body work a little better, you get to have that. You deserve that. It's, it's, if you're like, is this normal? Why don't you just start by asking a professional? Because they might tell you it's not and that it's okay to get help for it. Again, the whole point of this, you deserve the best that you can, that you can get. You deserve, you deserve better. And you deserve it, you deserve it, you deserve it. I'm just going to keep saying that. You deserve it, you deserve it, you deserve it, you deserve it. You're all doing an incredible job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down, mama blue, low down, mama blue. Got to low down, mama blue, got to low down, mama blue, you know that's right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy. Oh, said daddy, baby, bust and buy, stop, throw down, mama.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.